Hello, everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host. And with me is my co host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey, everyone. Today, we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 6, The Fight. And in this episode, the perfect storm hits the office, the Jim and Pam roller coaster continues, and a fight happens between two of the employees. In this episode, we do get a cold open, and it is kind of in the veins of the types of cold opens that we will see throughout the rest of the series. It's a pretty good one. Right. So Dwight walks in and sees that his desk is missing. And Jim plays the innocent role and they're like, oh, that is weird. I <laughs> didn't even notice that. He's like, retrace your steps. Right. Like, where'd, where'd you last see it? Right. So Dwight is getting ready to go in and talk to Michael about how his desk has been moved. And Jim starts a game of hot and cold with Dwight as he is moving towards Michael's office door. Dwight takes the bait and plays along and begins walking around. Is walking back towards the break room and is about to go to the annex. Jim starts telling him he's getting colder. So... Dwight goes back to the bathroom and goes in, and sure enough, there's his desk, and the phone is ringing. And it's Jim that's on the other end of the phone. He's calling Dwight to ask about pricing discounts. Right. <laughs> and Dwight takes the call, and he sits down, and he pulls out his folder. Like, it's J- pretty great. It's just Jim's way of extending this bit out. Yeah. A little bit further to make Dwight actually do some work in the bathroom. <laughs> and then Kevin comes out of the stall in the bathroom with a candle <laughs> and he walks over the desk to get to the sink and the door, I think. <laughs> you don't win the don't go in there after you, <laughs> Dundee, for nothing. And this will not be the end of. The desk pranks, as we call, as I will call it. This is a pretty good one, and I have so many questions. Again, off a of cold open. How did Jim do that? Mm-hmm. Because Dwight's desk was perfectly set up as well, so he would have had to take a picture. But they didn't have cell phone cameras then, so he would have had to develop a ca- a picture. I bet they had cell phone. We've been over this I know, in a previous but episode. Not a great one. Then. Right. And remember where everything was. My second question is, what time was Dwight getting to work? Everyone else was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe he had a sales call or something, but it appears that everyone else had been there, settled in, and was working by the time that Dwight came in. So that was my other question. And I know you got to make it work for the scene you're crafting. Right. But. And for someone who doesn't, and this is just another instance of Jim being dedicated to a cause that is always not the correct cause. How so? Well, in order to get all this done, you have to figure Jim either 
stayed late <laughs> right. or came in really early. Right, also true. So he put in work, probably more work than he had in that day to just move Dwight's desk into the bathroom. Yeah, uh, that is that is true. At the end of this season, we will have an episode that details a lot of Jim's pranks. And a lot of them are there. They pay off over the long haul. So you do have to have the patience and dedication uh, to, to do this. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Jim really does sink some time into uh, pranking Dwight. Yeah. As we get into the bulk of the episode, we see a reinforcement of something we already know. And that is Michael does not like to work. <laughs> Really, no matter how menial the task or easy the task. Not at all, particularly if there's a deadline. Right. So we learned from Pam that every Friday, the time cards are due. And at the end of every month, the purchase forms are due. And at the end of every quarter, the expense reports need to be sent out. And... This day just happens to be the day that all three of them fall on the same day, which Pam calls the perfect storm. Yes. She says one day a year they all fall on the same Friday. Right. So it seems like all Michael has to do on these is just sign them. Yeah, and the purchase forms, I believe, it's either the purchase forms or the expense reports just need to be initialed. Yeah. So... This is something that would take Michael probably 10 minutes max. I can't imagine that he has to read through everything, like everything is just prepared for him. He just needs to sign it. And Pam put those tags on that say sign here for him. So it's kind of foolproof. But he really does not want to do this. No, not at all. He instead wastes time by talking with Ryan and sends Ryan out to get everybody's emergency contact information updated, which Michael seems to think is very important in this moment. Yeah. And I also just want like, what do they do with that? That clearly sits in a drawer, goes on like a Microsoft Word file or something. Like it's really not that important. He just tells Pam that, if they don't get it done, and what if there's a tornado and then they can't call somebody's wife? <laughs> and she just walks out. Yes. And to kick things off, Michael asks Ryan for his phone number <laughs> as if Michael was going to be Ryan's emergency contact or vice versa. Yeah. And that leads to Michael spending the day just prank calling Ryan. So bad. Because in the fire episode, Michael tried to give Ryan his number. But as we learned there, Ryan didn't save it. And so clearly it didn't go vice versa, which was smart for Ryan then. But he sort of was pressured into giving Michael his phone number. And even from Michael's office, he's looking through the blinds. As Ryan's going around to everyone to get their emergency contact information. And Michael is calling him. Yeah. So he starts with a Michael Jackson impression. 
And, and also Tito. Right. And then the worst one is Ryan is getting Kevin's emergency contact information and his Ryan's phone starts ringing and Michael knocks on the window of his office to get Ryan's attention. He's like, pick it up. <laughs> what is absurd? And then starts into a Mike Tyson prank call. So he clearly was going off of famous people named Michael. Yeah. Yeah, poor Ryan. Again, like, not many times we'll say that, but Michael is just essentially, like, torturing him. Right. As this is all going on, we see a scene of Jim and Dwight working at their desks. Jim is on a sales call. Dwight is on a phone call to his sensei. And Jim pretty much stops what he is doing immediately and listens to this call and asks Dwight about it. And we learn that Dwight is a senpai. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm -hmm. Meaning he is an assistant sensei. And so Jim gets to sort of riff off the running joke that Dwight is the assistant to the sensei, which in the montage of Dwight at his karate school, it looks like he's the assistant to the sensei because he's holding the pad for the children to, like, kick. Right. <laughs> and he's cleaning the floor. Right. This is the important note because he is probably the only person that is able to be the assistant to the sensei because he is the only person in the class that is older than the age of, say, 12 years old. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. Right. <laughs> He's definitely... Uh, so he is a grown man in a karate class full of children. Yes, and and he tells uh, Jim that he is a purple belt, which I honestly am not sure where that is on the level of karate um, achievements or anything. That sounds pretty good. I mean, if you... If you look at the rest of his class, it probably means you've been doing karate for a little bit, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. I don't know. So Jim is just kind of needling Dwight throughout the rest of the day about his karate class, who he could fight, who he could beat up. Yeah. And at this point, Michael passes them and Jim just mentions, what about Michael? (laughs) And that just, you get the very worst of Michael and Dwight as a result because Michael is always needing to prove how tough or extraordinary or... I wouldn't even say tough. Just superior. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Like, he always needs to have a story. He always needs to have been involved in whatever was going on. So... Michael says that he he came up on the streets, something mm-hmm. to that effect, and Dwight says he wouldn't fight Michael because they're friends, and Michael's response is, well, no, because I, I would beat him up. So it's just this terrible back and forth um, between the two of them, really, and Michael's ego is just outlandish here. Right. And so this opens up another door for Michael to waste time throughout the day. Right. He is spending time just talking to Jim, really, about how tough he is, how many fights he's been in, 
the gang he used to roll with right. and things like that. Which Jim likens to the Jets from West Side, West Side Story. Story. Yep. Yep. And so Michael is literally refusing to sign any of these reports. He could have been signing them as he was running his mouth about who he could beat up and how he could definitely beat up Dwight. And he tells Jim that he knows a bunch of 14-year-old girls that that could beat up Dwight. Um, just absurd things like that. And how does it go that, how does the punching come about? Well, at one point he puts Dwight in a headlock just to kind of, again, to really hammer home the fact that he's physically superior to Dwight and to kind of really show everyone his superiority he asks Jim to punch him in the stomach. Michael does. Right. And Jim's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm really not going to do that. <laughs> and Jim and, suggests Dwight do it. And Michael's just standing there. He's just standing there with his arms out, like with his abdomen exposed. Like that's a real situation or proof of anything, I guess. Right. So Jim says, hey, Dwight should do it. He's a purple belt. <laughs> and... Michael's like, oh, yeah, whatever. I could, you know, I don't need to take a punch from Dwight. Right. So Dwight acquiesces to the request and punches Michael in the stomach. Twice. Twice. He does a, he does a, just a one-two. Right. On him. And. Just some jabs, I guess. For this, we do get a firing in this episode. As much as Michael was asking for it. You can't really punch your boss or anybody in an office setting. Right. So Dwight is fired. And Michael was clearly not expecting, well, he was ready for the punch. And it should be noted that he was not sucker punched, as he later claims. He was clearly not expecting the velocity of the punches. Right. He really struggles and then goes back into his office and closes the blinds. Collapses in a heap on the floor. So then Jim, you know, gets Pam to sort of goad Michael into challenging Dwight to a fight. So so Pam goes to Michael's office door and she says, you know, since you haven't signed these forms i'm clearly gonna have to work late because we have to get him to overnight shipping so can you ask dwight to also stay late so that he can walk me to my car and that of course gets michael all riled up and he says dwight can't do anything to to help you he's not going to protect you from being mugged um and that leads michael to say okay we're gonna go to your dojo we're going to have a fight over lunch. Everyone gets an extra hour. <laughs> because meanwhile, everyone else in the office is kind of enamored with what Dwight did. He is shown, <laughs> like, showing Kevin how to right. like, disarm somebody or something like that. And, and he's then showing he's showing Kelly, Kelly yeah. like, self-defense things, too. Right. So, yeah, people are just interested in someone that, like, in someone's hobby, essentially. They're... That's what it boils down to. And I think that this is really what was the tipping point for Michael. That's a good point. That that everybody else saw this thing, and now Dwight is revered as somebody that can 
do physical harm to someone. And Michael's like, no, I have to put this down right now. Dwight's getting the attention that Michael feels he should always get. Correct. So they do move to Dwight's dojo to have a fight. Jim points out that the Albany branch is working through lunch to prevent downsizing. So we do get a downsizing. Right, we do get a reference here. But that Michael has given everybody else an extra hour of lunch just so they could go watch this fight. (laughs) Makes a ton of sense. As we are at the dojo, we see some flirting between Jim and Pam. And this was kind of carried over from early on in the episode. An extension of kind of what they were doing at Pam's desk. And that was Pam was on a website uh, looking at different palm reading signs and she was trying to read Jim's palm. And there's a moment there that, of course, Jim is going to definitely cling on to where something comes up about Jim's teeth. And he just says he doesn't have cavities. Oh, that's right. He at least I don't have cavities. And Pam goes, "No, you have very nice teeth." And Jim's like, "Oh, thank you, thank you." So he really loves that. Then at the but even the the palm reading thing is kind of intimate as well. Yeah. Like you're holding the person's right. hand. Pam like, is holding Jim's hand in her hand, and then kind of like tracing her finger along his palm and right. things like that. There's that's a level of connection and and being comfortable with someone there. And at the dojo, Pam's wearing some sort of like um It's a training glove. Yeah, like a training pad and it's just flat obviously and so you know Jim's joking that he's reading her palm, which obviously he wouldn't and then Pam kind of um just kind of like bops taps, him in the yeah, face. Right. And then so Jim gets her back and then he picks her up from behind, like kind of kidding around sort of thing. And she jokingly is like, oh, put me down. But then Meredith turns and sort of sees them because you would look around if someone's saying that. And mm-hmm. then Pam freaks out. Yeah. Still very ashamed of her attraction to Jim and very hesitant to recognize that. Yeah. She'll keep those feelings to herself and let them out in secret, but not anything. And even with Jim, just in private. Yeah. Which as we've said before, you know, what a terrible situation for Jim to just sort of be looking for those crumbs from this person and for Pam to wield that power against him. If you've ever been in an unbalanced relationship or a sort of, um, we're not going to define this relationship sort of thing, you know how that feels. You're just waiting for that person to give you any sort of scrap of attention. And as much as you tell yourself that that's not fair to you, you're not going to let it happen, you you have to really confront those feelings and you do have to almost cut that person off. But Jim works with Pam. He works in a small office mm-hmm. here. And as we'll see later this season, Jim does try to do that. He tries to cut that relationship off and give himself time and distance there. So now we get to the main event of the episode, the fight between Dwight and Michael. And it starts off, somewhat controlled and formal 
the sensei says that a clean strike will earn one point. One point for whoever was. And they're only the going to three points. Yeah, and they're going to three points. Yeah. So Dwight gets a quick strike in and gets a kick onto Michael. Which Michael feels like is unfair because he's clearly never done karate, so he doesn't know how this should go. And then so Michael's like, oh, what? That was, again, like a sucker punch or not right. ready sort of thing. And he, he keeps bringing up the fact that in the streets there aren't any rules. Yeah, the only rule is no kicks to the groin and be home by dinner. Right. <laughs> so things break down very quickly after this. And... Anytime that Michael kind of moves forward on offense and like gets an on a, a kind of throws a half-hearted punch or kick, Dwight almost like runs away from yeah. Michael, <laughs> which cannot be how uh, he was trained in karate. Right. <laughs> so eventually, they just kind of tie up and go to the ground. It turns into a wrestling match. It well, it 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 turns into a big brother pestering his little brother. Like, Michael is just doing annoying things to kind of humiliate Dwight. Are you speaking from experience? Yes. Yes, very much so. He, They're wearing these, like, foam helmet things, like protective helmets, yeah. and he, he turns it into, like, the front of Dwight's face so, so he, he can't, can't see. see. He ends up taking it off of Dwight and hitting him with it. He tries to bit at Dwight. Yeah. That was the worst. Yeah. Definitely just torturous stuff. And we see a little bit of, of everyone's faces in the background and people, obviously this is very amusing, but we don't get a lot of reaction shots. We don't get any yeah. sort of talking heads or anything. Phyllis takes a picture yeah, with, that's right. with a disposable camera. And you can see how Sensei Ira is just very annoyed. Right. Like, he kind of probably had to come in special for this and set this all up, and then this is what it's amounting to. So, Michael essentially declares victory. We don't ever get any sort of declaration of that or anything, but he has Dwight essentially pinned on the ground and is on top of him. Right. And then the next shot is of everyone filing off the elevator back into work. <laughs> And Michael looking very victorious and proud of himself. And Dwight is just kind of like sulking in the corner yeah. of the elevator. Poor Dwight. And then it's the end of the day. Jim is also, by the way, trying to compose a I'm sorry email to Pam, who seems to be ignoring him right now. Mm -hmm. As he walks out of the office, he leaves a bag of French onion chips on her desk, since that's what they agreed to for Pam to goad Michael into the fight in the first place. Yeah. And she's pleased by that, but she's not going to look up at him. As the day is wrapping up, Dwight makes a point to come into Michael's office <laughs> as Ryan is sitting there and says that he does not want Michael to be his emergency contact anymore. Because of this action, Michael sees that he inadvertently does something that he is most afraid of, and he perhaps has lost a friend here. So he makes the effort to kind of mend fences with Dwight. He calls him into the conference room, much to the chagrin of 
everyone there who yeah. is just wanting to go home Because it's point. past 5 o'clock. Yes. And Michael still hasn't signed these forms yet. Right. So Michael says, hey, I, I can't do everything here. I've been carrying the load all day. All day on these forms that I have to sign. If you guys just, just help me out, we can get out of here. So Pam, Angela, Stanley, and Toby all stick back and sign the forms to which Angela points out that this is illegal, and yes, it very much is. So, all four of them, and probably by default, Michael, since he was the one that told him to do it. Openly suggested it, right? Yeah. They are all fired, so we lose five people in one fell swoop there. Yeah. Anyway, in the conference room, Michael is talking to Dwight and says to him that this whole day has been a test. For Dwight. What a bonkers outcome. Yes. And that Dwight has passed. And as a result, Michael is going to promote him from assistant to the regional manager to assistant regional manager. But he, but Dwight shouldn't tell anybody. Right. There's, <laughs> there's not going to be any pay increase. There's no, he doesn't get an office. Dwight suggests Pam sent out a memo. Michael's like, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) So in the end, Michael is just concerned about how he looks to everyone in the office. And he needs to know that every single person in the office likes him. Yes. And he expresses as much in one of the final lines of the episode. I told Dwight that there is honor in losing. Which, as we all know, is completely ridiculous. But there is, however, honor in making a loser feel better, which is what I just did for Dwight. Would I rather be feared or loved? Um, easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. And I think I proved that today at the dojo. This echoed something he said to Ryan earlier in the episode about... You know, if you're tough, if you're a tough boss, your employees hate you. But if you're cool, they walk all over you. And Michael just can't find that balance. He needs and craves and has a psychological uh, deficiency that forces him to always want approval. And particularly the approval of his underlings. Yes. And, and because of that, he cannot actually do any work, as we've seen with the forms. He cannot actually be a tough boss, as we saw with trying to fire someone last episode. And in the end, I think they even out his character a little bit by the final season. But it's, this, is, this is why people don't like The Office, is these early episodes of Awkward Michael and making it through. And... Like I said, I think he evens out by, you know, season five as far as sort of a mix of people are people are used to it. It's not as needling to them. But this poor guy just needs human affection and approval. Right. So with that, we will head back to the annex with Antoinette to find out any fun facts about this episode. So not too much for this episode. I'd like to point out that we hear 
nothing about Devin or the firing or downsizing. We get that little hint about downsizing when Jim talks about one of the other branches working through lunch, but they're going to take a longer lunch. And we, again, don't get any more mention of Katie. We're kind of left to assume that Jim and her are still dating. Um, And that does pop up in a couple episodes again. When Michael was was talking about being a tough boss, he mentions the employees will start taking time off for dentist appointments that aren't really dentist appointments. Well, that comes back up in season three when Dwight has to take the tax forms to corporate for Angela, but he tells um, everybody and he tells Michael that he was at at the dentist to get a crown put in. In the very last season of The Office, Dwight has another sensei, uh, and he's played by this sensei in season nine, is played by Michael Imperioli, who was Christopher Moltisanti on The Sopranos, and that got me thinking, because I, as we started this episode, was convinced that this was the episode with Michael Imperioli, which it clearly was not. He did not play Sensei Ira. So it's funny that this sort of comes back around at the end. And now I honestly cannot recall the scenario in which in season nine, Dwight Sensei is in the office, but he comes in. so We'll get there. We'll get there. And that's all I have for the annex for today. All right. So we did get some firings this episode. It's been a couple weeks since we have had any, Dwight gets fired for punching Michael. It is his second firing of this season and third overall. Michael gets fired for telling the office workers to sign papers for him. Yeah, he gets fired for corporate forgery. Right. It is his third firing this season and his sixth overall. And Pam, Angela, Stanley, and Toby all get fired for carrying out Michael's wishes. All of them, this is their first firing this season and first overall. So we lost a couple people this episode. Kind of a bummer way to go. Right. Just doing what your boss tells you to do. Because he couldn't take the time to just, when he was practicing his signatures, just do it actually on a form. Right. (laughs) Curtis, do you have a Dundee to give out? I do. Uh, The Dundee for best fighter goes to Michael. (laughs) Not because of anything that we saw, but because of the times that he has beat up black belts. (laughs) And according to him, and he knew they were black belts because they told him after the fight that they were black belts. So Michael gets my Dundee. What about you? The Dundee Award for uh, Best Time Wasting at Work goes to Jim and Pam for doing palm reading at the office. You sometimes, a lot of people I know don't have jobs that require them to kill time. Sometimes my job requires me to kill time, so I am pretty well practiced in trying to figure out things to do. And... I've never seen someone resort to palm reading. Mm-hmm. I've seen people sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very inventive on their part. But yeah. Who is your employee of the month? Um, I picked Pam because she's actually trying to 
prevent the perfect storm from happening. She literally did everything she could to get Michael to sign those documents. She should have told him that the overnight place closed earlier. That was the only technique that she did not employ. Right. What about you? Uh, my employee of the month is Dwight for getting the promotion that he just covets so much, finally. Yay, Dwight. Isn't it taken away at some point soon? It is, yeah. Uh, in season three. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> so that does it for today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at DownsizingPod. And be sure to keep listening on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, any of the podcasting medium. And we will see you next week. It's a good one next week. Yes, one of my favorites. See you then. Bye.